So if we're talking and, and talking I'm looking at my page and I'm just looking, well, you're turning the pages really loudly. Well, yeah, because I'm trying to see like Is that worst how case. You turn the page? No, I'm just like That's worst case scenario really if I just happen to make a really loud I noise. I thought you were gonna to rip see. the page. That was so aggressive. Sorry, my apologies. everyone welcome back to the slither claw review i'm madison and i'm Daya. and this week we are finishing off harry potter and the sorcerer's stone with chapters 9 through 17 but before we dive into the book we're going to do our spell of the week and our character of the week you want to go first this time yes i can so this week our character of the episode is quirinus if i'm pronouncing that correctly quirrell who as we know, is the Defense Against the Dark Arts professor in this book. And the book, it actually doesn't say much about him. I I guess I thought he'd have more because he was, like, kind of a big part of this book, but all it says is that in Sorcerer's Stone, Voldemort possesses Quirinus Quirrell's body and uses him in an attempt to obtain the Sorcerer's Stone. When Quirrell attempts to kill Harry, the turbaned wizard suffers fatal burns from contact with Harry's skin. Defeated, Voldemort leaves his host body, and the weekend quarrel dies. <laughs> Heavy. All right, nice. Cool. Love that for Quirrell. For sure, if you want to look at it that I mean, way. he deserved it a little bit. And he a little took, bit, you're yeah. right. Uh, the spell of the week is Wingardium Leviosa. The use is to make a target levitate. The etymology of this word is that in Latin, wing and ardis mean high or steep, and levo means levitate. Of course, the preferred wand movement is a swish and flick. The magical moment for this spell is in Sorcerer's Stone, Ron uses this spell to make a troll's cup club levitate, then knocks off the troll by letting the club fall on his head. And according to the Book of Spells, the mass able to be lifted and the amount of time it stays in the air is contingent on the skill of the caster. Wow, I didn't know that part. So I think the fact that Ron was able to pick up the club using the spell in his first year, powerful caster. Yeah, I'm proud Kudos of him. him. Considering he, he doesn't even have his own wand, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm proud of him. That was a good spell that you chose. That was very fitting oh my God, for this episode. You. You're very welcome. I'm on top of it, you know. All right, so you ready to finish out this book? Hell yeah. All righty, so... Last we left off in chapter 8, um, they had realized that the vault that was broken into Gringotts was the one that Hagrid and Harry had visited that day, and Harry was like, oh my god, is there something there? And that's basically where we left off. And then chapter 9, we start on Harry absolutely shitting on Draco Malfoy for an entire paragraph about how he's such a dick and he doesn't want to have flying lessons with him. And everyone is freaking out about the flying lessons as well. They're very worried about it, um, which honestly I feel like I would be too. That sounds very scary. And like, dangerous. Yeah, just being on a broom, like, yeah, no, I absolutely would not be able to do it. No. Um, and then Neville gets his remember all while they're in the Great Hall, which I'm not going to lie, I feel like the remember all is a little pointless. It tells you that you forgot something, but not what you forgot. Okay, thanks. That doesn't help me in the slightest. I wrote the exact same note. I wrote, remember all is frustrating. Like, I know I'm forgetting something, but what am I forgetting? Yeah. 
It seems kind of pointless. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I don't get it whatsoever. I feel like Neville's grandma sending this to him was kind of just like, haha, you're an idiot. Let me send you this and shove it in your face how you forget things. Like, this was just such a stupid gift. I don't get it. But um, we move past that and we're at flying lessons now. Um, Harry absolutely smokes everyone out. He lifts his broom immediately. He flies up and down perfectly. Which, you know, just pisses off Hermione. Right. Pisses her right off. Because she's used to being good at everything. So it's a bit of an ego check for her, this one. Yeah, because she's not good at it. Yeah, Yeah, the one magical thing she's not good at. And speaking of not being good at flying, Neville can't control his broom. Poor boy's unlucky. He has, he gets the short end of the stick every book. Yeah, he really does. I feel so bad, but he ends up breaking his wrist, and so Madame Hooch is like, come on, let's take you to the infirmary, no one do anything stupid. Um, And then that completely goes out the window, (laughs) the moment that Malfoy um, steals Neville's remember-all. Or doesn't steal it, he finds it and is like, oh my god, let's fuck with it. And Harry's like, give it here, Malfoy. And he follows him up in the air. He does that cool little dive trying to get it. He gets caught by McGonagall and he's like, oh shit, I'm in for it now. Yeah. And then, as usual, Harry is in fact not in for it and he gets rewarded <laughs> by I, becoming the Gryffindor Seeker. Yep. I think the best part of this interaction is that when they're looking around the classrooms, they finally get to Professor Flitwick's classroom and she asks if she can borrow wood for a moment and Harry goes, wood? Was a wood was wood a cane she was going to use on him? Like here she what he was thinking that she was gonna beat him Which, with a cane. Which honestly I think says a lot about his muggle schooling. Like he's probably used to that, which is honestly awful, this poor man. But he ends up becoming the Gryffindor seeker. Wood is like super excited and she says like you'll never believe what he did. Like Charlie Weasley couldn't have done it, which was our first little mention of him. Mm-hmm. So she also says that your father would have been proud after talking about him being on the Quidditch team and being, like, a natural-born flyer. And, and the youngest in, like, a century. And that just makes my heart so warm. Yes. Because, realistically, he went from never hearing about his parents his entire life, and then suddenly people who know him, like, who knew his parents are around him, and they're like, yeah, they would be proud of you. Yeah. Crying. I think Yeah, I think it's really cute for him to finally start learning a little bit more about his actual uh, parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Fred and George are like, oh my god, we heard her on your team. That's so cool. Um, and eventually they're out at the Great Hall and Malfoy is like on his way to shit on Harry for getting in trouble. And Harry's like, actually, I didn't get in trouble, so fuck you. And Malfoy gets offended and he challenges him to a wizard duel at midnight. And Harry's like, I don't know what that is. And Ron is like, oh, don't worry. It just means that, um, you know, it's like a normal duel and I'm your second. So if you die, I'll take over. And Harry's like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, and so they do that. And at like 11.15, they're like, all right, let's go sneak out. And Hermione is there and she's like, I'm going to snitch on you. And they're like, please do not do that. Um, but she ends up trying to follow them and she ends up getting locked out. So now she has no choice but to go with them. And then they find out Neville, who was also locked outside, so now he's stuck with them as well, which is kind of annoying for Harry and Ron, I'm not gonna lie. Having Neville and Hermione, I feel like those are the two worst possible people Mm -hmm. to be stuck outside of the common room after hours with. (laughs) But they end up going to the trophy room where they're supposed to fight, not fight, like duel Malfoy. (laughs) 
Um, and they all get there, and Malfoy's not there. And Mr. Filch and Mrs. Norris show up, and they all realize that this is a trap. Which is honestly a solid Slytherin move on Malfoy's part. Honestly, it was smart. Like, he knew what he was doing. He's an ass, but kudos to him for thinking of this. Yes, I agree. Um, so they run away, and they run onto, into Peeves, and Peeves actually does snitch on them. And so they end up going behind the do- a door that Hermione opens with Alohomora. And they, first of all, Dumbledore really didn't try to hide this door, if it can be opened easily with an Alohomora. Yeah, especially because we know that there are other charms that can block Alohomora. Exactly. So he really did not put that much effort into locking this door. But once they get in there, they realize, oh shit, this is the Forbidden Corridor. And they see Fluffy is in the back room. They get really scared and they like run. She run a sheer track star all the way back to the common room. And back in the common room, Hermione tells them that she noticed Fluffy was guarding a door, which... Girl, I would not have noticed that. Props to Hermione. I would have mm-hmm. been focused on the three heads just like Harry said he was. I would not have noticed that in the slightest. But also when she says, didn't you see what it was standing on? And Harry goes, the floor? <laughs> Are you stupid? It is funny, though. The floor? That's so valid. <laughs> and we get the iconic Hermione line. We could have all been killed. Or worse, expelled yes and also i think ron's line afterwards is funny he's like you think we would have dragged her along like i'm like i think that's funny too but isn't it crazy to think that if hermione hadn't noticed that trap door they would have been like damn they're just maybe the rest of the book wouldn't have happened yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's so crazy but yeah then they end up going back to bed and that is where chapter nine ends moving on to chapter 10 titled halloween which is a really important holiday here. Everything seems to happen on Halloween. James and Lily died on Halloween. Say, the anniversary this of his parents' death. happens on Halloween. And then stuff in the later books also happen on Halloween. Does so. he know that his parents died on Halloween? I don't think he's aware. Okay, because he goes through this whole chapter and just doesn't... They don't mention it. And so it's like, he's either just, you know, repressing that or... <laughs> He doesn't know. Yeah, yet. I'm gonna, for the sake of my mental health, I'm gonna say he doesn't know. Because it would be really sad if he's repressing that. That's true. Trauma response. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Ron and Harry are kind of viewing their little midnight spiel as an adventure and trying to figure out, oh, what is this three headed dog guarding? Trying to figure out, is it valuable? Is it dangerous? And while they're arguing and, well, not arguing, discussing, in the Great Hall, he gets a package, which we come to find out is his Nimbus 2000. Good for him. Good for him. It's a little bit um, special treatment on McGonagall's part. Especially because it's, they said first years aren't allowed to have brooms. Exactly. But good for him. That's a sick-ass broom. Also, McGonagall bought him the broom. Yeah, like, this I man know. isn't loaded. Like, Honestly. he couldn't buy his own damn broom. She's like, yeah, man. I got it for him. I'm gonna... Honestly, for all the Quidditch that Harry does, he has never once gotten his own broom. Because he gets this one from McGonagall, and then he gets the Firebolt, Firebolt from, from Sirius. Sirius yeah. He never once pays for his own brooms. So, they open up the broom in his room. They go about their day. And then finally, Oliver Wood is going to teach Harry the rules of Quidditch. And this is the first introduction to Quidditch, mind you. And again, just like the money situation, I feel like J.K. Rowling was just like, What's the most confusing game yeah. that I can make up? Quidditch in general, the more that I think about it, 
the worse it gets. Yes. He's like, here's the quaffle. We have three chasers. We have two beaters, a seeker, a keeper. These are the bludgers. These, like, and he's just going on and on. I would be sitting there like, excuse me? Yeah. Excuse me? It's a lot to throw on him, but Harry, honestly, takes it like a champ. Mm-hmm. Um, he really does. The thing that made me laugh was when Harry's like, oh, so that's sort of like basketball on broomsticks with six hoops, isn't it? And Wood is like, what's basketball? And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> like, it's so weird to think that, like, I know wizards are, like, very out of touch with reality, but, like, that they just don't know what basketball is. But later on, later on, literally in, in the next page, Wood helps him practice with golf balls. So golf exists in the wizarding world, but basketball doesn't. I don't know. Golf feels very British to me. I feel like they're just doing a lot of golf. Oh, yeah. I guess taking the British thing into account, I guess that makes a little bit of sense. I feel like basketball is probably not as popular there, right? Is that a correct assumption? I I feel like that would be a correct assumption, yeah. All right. You know what? I'll take it. Yeah. They go through finishing the rules, talking about how the twins are the beaters, and, of course, they practice with um, the golf balls because he's the one with the golden snitch out. Yes. Um... We jump ahead to class with Flitwick. We're going to Charms. And this is where they're learning the spell of the day. Wingardium Leviosa. And, of course, we get Hermione being super condescending to Ron, saying it's Wingardium Leviosa. And this line is different than the... I like the movie one better. I like the movie. The Leviosa. Yeah, I like that one. I do. And I... Thought it was funny after the class, you know, Hermione excels when they are like, oh, then if you're so smart, then you do it. And she said, bitch, watch me. And after that, too, Ron gets really upset that, like, Hermione was so good at it. And he, like, it's a wonder no one can stand her. She's a nightmare. And then Hermione obviously hears him and starts crying. And 11-year-olds are so mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that would make me cry, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that was so rude of him. And when Harry says, I think she heard you, Ron says, so? <laughs> like, sir, that's your future wife. Let's get it together, please. <laughs> that is your future wife. You were so mean to her. Yep. That's like that bullshit where they're like, when boys like you and they have a crush on you, they're mean to Which you. Which we need to eliminate. That's not a thing. That's it toxic. is perpetuating abusive behaviors. That's not a thing. <laughs> toxic. So they go to the Great Hall. They've got their Halloween feast, all the cool decorations, having the time of their lives, right? And then in runs Professor Quirrell. He reaches the he reaches Professor Dumbledore's chair and gasps, Troll in the dungeons. Thought you ought to know, and then just faints. Which is so iconic of him. So iconic. <laughs> that is so funny to me. Especially because now we know he was he let the troll in. So this was an act. Get this man. An Oscar. Or he legitimately was scared of it. And the entire time he was letting the troll in, he's like shaking. He's like, okay, come this way. And he's like so scared the entire time. He's like shaking back a cookie. (laughs) A little carrot on a stick. Not the carrot. (laughs) So they start getting people back to their dormitories. Which is so fucked up. Okay, here we go. Listen. Dumbledore is like, oh my god, there's a troll in the dungeons? Everyone go back to the common rooms, including you Slytherins, that your common room is in the dungeons? Fuck off! That's so awful! Why would you send the kids to where the troll is? 
Do you think this we- isn't even me being a Slytherin? That's just fucked up. You're telling me if Coral was like, there's a troll in Ravenclaw Tower, and then Dumbledore was like, okay, guys, back to your common rooms, you wouldn't be pissed? That's wrong. These are children. <laughs> Maybe JK just looked over it. Probably because she's an idiot, but still. Oh my god. That's so fucked up. Oh lord. I'm gonna give you a second to cool down. Take deep breaths. Okay. I'm good. I'm okay, good. perfect. Good? Yes. Okay, great. So they realize that Hermione is missing and they're like, oh, maybe we should like go find her. She doesn't know about the troll. And so they go to look for her, and in doing so, they're like, oh my god, there's the troll in a in like a room. Let's lock, lock the door. Yeah, they lock the troll in the bathroom with Hermione. Yeah, lo and behold, it's the girl's bathroom. <laughs> Which is so terrible. I think I would just freak out if um, I were Hermione. No, me too, for sure. So they go in there and they're like, okay, now we have to save Hermione, right? We're gonna we're gonna battle this troll. So, you know, Harry being the incredible thinker he is, he's like, oh, let me jump on his back and shove my wand up its nose. Like, I don't have magic. <laughs> I know, and Ron's just in the back throwing shit at him. Like, <laughs> I'm like, guys, there are other ways. You're doing a great job, Harry. Yeah, you hang on. Yep. Eventually, they do remember that they have magic, and Ron uses the spell of the day to With save the Guardian day. Leviosa, lifting up a very heavy club, and therefore was a very powerful caster. Yes, ma'am. Very concentrated. And he knocks it the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. And the teachers now come in, and Professor McGonagall is obviously what so the fuck? <laughs> pissed. She's like, um, what on earth are you thinking of? The so, points that she gives and takes from them, though, I feel like is very minimal. Like, Hermione gets taken five points, but and then Harry and then each get five points for defeating the troll. I feel like they deserve more than that. They just saved the school, and you're like, sure, five points each. What? Yes. And Hermione should have had more taken away. Yeah. I also don't understand why, why she, she didn't just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. I have that exact was same Was this note. story really better to be like, oh, I went looking for the troll? You could have been just like, I was in the bathroom. I was in the bathroom, in walked a little troll, and I didn't know what to do. But No. Yeah. Why would she do that to herself? I don't get it either. It makes absolutely no sense. I feel like she probably just put it in as a way to, like, help cement the friendship. Like, their Ron bond. and Harry risked yeah. their shit to save her, and she risked her reputation to protect them. So I feel like that's why. But logically, it makes no fucking sense. Logically, it makes no fucking no, Yeah, no sense. Um, this chapter ends with such a, like, cute, heartwarming line. There are some things you can't share without ending up liking each other, and knocking out a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them. Yeah, they're homies now. They're tight for real. (laughs) They're tight for real. They destroyed the girls' bathroom together. Absolute besties. They watched Harry stick his wand up some troll's nose. (laughs) Which, he just, like, had to take it out and just, like, awkwardly wipe it. Like, that, imagining that makes it so Uh, funny. I don't like that she, it's gray, too. Yes, Like, grayish goo. Gross. Gross. And then we start off with chapter 11 called Quidditch, very simply. Um, The first Quidditch match is coming up, and Harry has been practicing a lot, um, so he's been very busy, and Hermione, now a true homie, is helping him with homework, and she also gave him Quidditch through the ages for him to read. Um, And they're, like, sitting outside in the courtyard with this book, and Snape is, like, they're being suspicious. Um, (laughs) So he takes the book away from them, and they notice that he's limping, which Harry's like, mm-hmm. that's sus. 
that's sus. Um, but he's taking his book now. Because he had a quote-unquote library book outside the school, and then not only did he take the book, he took five points from Gryffindor. He made that shit up. I think Ron says that, or Harry's like, he made that rule up. He absolutely did. For sure. <laughs> he absolutely did. But Harry uh, needs the book back because he's very nervous. He's like, I need it back. So he goes to find him in like the teacher's lounge or whatever. And as he's opening the door, he sees Filch is tending to a large cut on Snape's leg. Suspicions times two now. And Harry immediately is like, oh my god, he let the troll in. Which, us as readers know, meaning he probably did not. I think Harry's one of those where it's like, if he thinks something's going on, it's not going on. Probably not. He's always so far off base. He's not observant. No, he really isn't. He really isn't. Again, going to, what was the dog standing on? I don't know, the floor? (laughs) That's such a funny line, though. Um, but I'm not, again, I can't give him too much shit because when I first read this book, I definitely didn't, so I suspected Snape too. Granted, I was eight, but <laughs> yeah, I never would have guessed Quirrell either. So no. he's 11, no. so like, yeah. I gotta cut him some slack. They definitely led it to being Snape. Yeah, I was a, definitely a hard red herring. Um, and so the first game ends up happening. Harry is obviously very nervous. Um, and Lee Jordan is the Quidditch commentator, so who great. is so funny. So The best commentator. Great. I love him so much. McGonagall is so done with him, but I think he should be able to say whatever he wants. It's absolutely hilarious. Yes. When one of the Slytherin players, like, tries to knock Harry on the broom, Lee Jordan kept saying things that, like, McGonagall was like, Jordan! Jordan! So, so, after that obvious and disgusting bit of cheating, I mean, after that open and revolting <laughs> foul... All right, all right. After Flint nearly kills the Gryffindor Seeker, which could happen to anyone, I'm sure, he's so funny. He I wish is. we had gotten more of his commentating, like, through more of the books, because it was such a great part. Yes, I agree. Game. I thought it was really funny. Um, and then we... Something that I thought was, like, kind of weird about this is we do, like, a weird POV switch to Ron and Hermione. Mm. Like, the book itself is told in third person, but we're always following Harry's point of view still kind of but here we switch to Ron and Hermione which this does happen a couple other times like we switch out of Harry in the books but it rarely happens so I I don't really know why I guess just to like showcase the Snape thing but like it did throw me off for a second that Mm -hmm. the little POV switch but Ron and Hermione think Snape is messing with Harry's broom once it starts going all out of control and so Hermione decides to be a badass motherfucker, and she sneaks off and lights his cloak on fire. Yeah, with the little blue flames that she was messing with in the courtyard when they were just sitting there. A beautiful 180 of him being annoying in the courtyard, and now she's like, well... Blue flames, bitch! Yes, which of course distracts Quirrell, who's actually the one doing the thing, and then Harry's fine. Um, he sees the snitch, he dies, and he catches it in his mouth, and they win. Yep. 170 to 60. Yep, a pretty good game. I'm very proud of Harry. Mm -hmm. He did a really good job for his third game. Um, So then after that, they go to Hagrid's to tell him about Snape and shit, and Hagrid's all like, nah, don't worry about it, guys. You don't know. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. And then um, he accidentally slips out some info about Fluffy and what it's guarding. He also drops Flamel's name, which at this point, why do they keep trusting Hagrid with secrets? 
Dumbledore, stop telling him things. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Professor Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel, and they're like, ooh, Nicholas Flamel. And he's like, uh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Never mind, guys. Like, it's just, he's an awful secret keeper. But that's where chapter 11 ends. So he wouldn't be my secret keeper, that's for sure. No, absolutely not. No. Uh, chapter 12 is The Mirror of Erised. We're jumping forward to December, getting into Christmas time. It's cold. And we go through potions class, which, you know, Malfoy's just picking on Harry. Which, for not having a family. <laughs> which, listen, there's a couple, there's two main points I had about this. First of all, oh, Malfoy is giving him shit for staying at Hogwarts with the Weasleys, but honestly... That sounds so sick. I would it probably really stay at Hogwarts for Christmas, too. Uh-huh. Like, that's that sounds so beautiful and so fun, and there's not that many people there, so the castle's open, kind of mm-hmm. free reign. Like, that sounds amazing. And then the second thing I had is that Malfoy's insults, he has two insults. Ron, you're poor. Harry, you have no parents. Like, bro, he's such a little dick. Like, he's it's not even, hurts. like, superficial shit. It's just right for the you, jugular. You're an orphan. Boom. <laughs> like, it's... He's so mean. Mm-hmm. Ron and Malfoy get into a little a little fight, I guess you could call it. I'm going to use that bit. loosely. In the hall, they get in trouble. They run into Hagrid in the t- meantime, and they're like, oh, we're going to the library. And Hagrid's like, oh, go on a study? That's interesting. And they're like, oh, we're not working. We're going to find Nicholas Flamel. And he's like, what? It's Which like- I think is so funny. Harry is just so savage sometimes because he, he knows how Hagrid's going to react. And he's like, yeah, you know, we're looking for Nicholas Fulmel. You know that little secret you let slip the other day? Yeah, we honed in on it. <laughs> like, you want to save us some time and help us? And he's like, uh, no. No. <laughs> Not going to happen. So they go into the library and we meet Madame Pince, who I don't remember, is she even in the movies? No. They don't mention her, right? No, I don't think so. But she ends up throwing Harry out of the library because he was you know, getting a little too close to the restricted section, which also is separated by a rope. Which, again, I'm going to assume there are wards on the rope to stop them from getting in. Because I refuse... But later on, when he has the invisibility cloak, he gets in there with, like, not having to pass any wards. Like, there's literally just a rope separating it from the rest of the library. All right, then I'm going to retract that statement. Going to retract that? Yeah. Never mind. Hogwarts is just dumb. Dumb. At least in the movie, they put, like, a gate. Yeah. And the first with the Alohomora in the door, now there's just a rope to the restrictions. They're putting in no effort. <laughs> no. So they start the holiday, and Ron and Harry play wizard's chess, Hermione leaves, and we get to Christmas. I love Christmas in this book. I think it's so sweet. I think it's so wholesome. It's just a break from all the Voldemort death, danger, Voldemort death, danger. And he gets Weasley's sweater. He does get a Weasley sweater, which I realized during this, it never is explicitly stated that Ron and Harry have letters on theirs. It's only explicitly stated, like, we know for a fact Ron doesn't have one, because yes. Fred and George mention it. It's not mentioned whether Harry has one, but we know Fred and George have one in order for Molly to tell them apart. Yes. But then Percy has one, so it's like, I don't understand how she's choosing who gets a letter and who doesn't. Yeah, because they, they made a joke that it was P for prefect. Yeah, so I but understand Fred and Percy. George, but why for Percy, why does Ron not have one? We don't know if Harry has one. But I don't know. But it's really weird. But if you, like, ever 
seat pictures, like the drawings or even the sweaters in the Wizarding World, they always have the yeah, letters. Yeah, they have the letters. Them. But I feel like it's more iconic that way. Otherwise, it's just a sweater. Yeah, which I think is honestly the best gift he gets. Like, he gets a cute little flute from Hagrid, which is cute, and he does use that later in the book, so it's handy. He got 50 pence from the Dursleys, and I looked up what that is because I had no idea what that is. It's a seven-sided coin that is worth absolutely jack shit. Yeah. So, fuck the Dursleys for that one. (laughs) Like, they're awful. And Ron is so amazed by it. He's like, that's money? He's like, yeah, you want it? Yeah, he's like, I don't want it. This is I don't want it. It's nothing. And then Hermione sends him candy, which is a little nice Cute. that she sends him something. And Harry gets the invisibility cloak. From bum, Dumbledore, bum, bum, bum. even though we don't know that yet. but We don't know it's from Dumbledore. We yeah, also really yet. don't know anything about the invisibility cloak, except that it makes him invisible. Yep. That is all. So using this, he has the note. He's like, oh my god, this is from my father. Again, having something of his father's, I think, is just such a cute touch. Which is, but why did Dumbledore have this cloak to begin with? Such a good question that we'll answer later. <laughs> that we'll, we'll discuss later. So we jump to that night. They have a Christmas dinner. They have all this food, these little party favors. And I love that at the high table, Dumbledore is sitting there wearing a flowered bonnet. A flowered bonnet. Tracks. It tracks. Re- Why do they not do this in the movie? <laughs> Come on, that's so fruity. It really is. This, again, more hints. Which, again, I know she didn't actually plan for him to be gay when she was writing this, but there are little things where, like, we could be like, yeah, that. That that does track. That does work as evidence. I'll allow it. <laughs> so he gets his invisibility cloak. He leaves the dorm and decides to explore. He goes to the restricted section, opens a book, it screams at him, mm-hmm. and he runs now away. he's like, oh crap. <laughs> he runs away, and in doing so, finds himself in front of a classroom door that is abandoned and cracked open. That door is just open. And inside is this amazing mirror, the mirror of Erised. Do you remember when I thought it was Arised? <laughs> yeah, it really made me so mad. We had a, a whole debate about whether it was Arised or Erised. And I cannot tell you my reasoning for why I was so set on it being arised. And she was, she told me I was wrong. She was so aggressive about it. I was so it. head set on it, and I don't know why. I don't I, know why. To the point where I literally looked it up on YouTube and pulled up a video of them saying it in the movie just to prove that I was right. Yeah. Which I was. It's arised. I know. I really don't know why I was so head set on it being arised. Nah. Anyway. Uh, he looks into the mirror and he sees his whole family standing around him, his parents, his grandparents, everyone, which I'm just assuming all of his grandparents are, and cousins, aunts, they're all dead? Uh, probably, for plot reasons. That's really unfortunate. <laughs> he needed to stay with the Dursleys, so yeah, everyone else is dead. Everyone else just died. He looks at his family for a little while and decides to go back to the dorm. Yeah. Which he doesn't even realize it's his family at first, which is so sad. Oh, yeah. He like, he, like, like you're telling me he spent 11 years and Petunia and Vernon never once even told him or showed him a singular picture of Lily and James. Like, are you kidding me? That's so sad. Mm-hmm. They had, he had no idea what they looked like. Exactly. He decides to show Ron the mirror thinking that it's going to show the family, like his family. Yeah, he's not exactly sure what it is yet. Did not. Ron sees himself as a Quidditch... Um, captain he's won the quidditch cup and the house cup he's like head boy he's everything that he wants to be he's special he's individual he's successful yep exactly and they can't figure it out so they just kind of move on yeah mrs norris shows up and they're like all right we'll just leave right now we're just gonna be done 
So he goes back and sees the mirror again. Again. And doesn't realize that Dumbledore's there. Just walks right past and looks in the mirror. And Dumbledore scares the living shit out of him. Yep, and he explains to him what the mirror is. And he's not even mad about him sneaking out, which I am a firm believer that Dumbledore put this mirror here on purpose and he wanted Harry to find it. Exactly. No, I'm 100% with you because if that mirror, in fact, is so valuable and dangerous, why would it be in an unlocked classroom in the middle of the school where there are students? Yeah, not to mention that when Harry comes in this third time, Dumbledore says to him, back again. So he knew Harry had been there twice already. He was definitely watching him. He wanted Harry to find that mirror. Also, if Fluffy was already in the school and already guarding the stone, why did he not just put the mirror in there right away? Well, because he wanted Harry to find it first, so Harry knew what it was, so when he eventually got down there, Harry would know how to use the mirror. Because, and remember, the first time, Harry didn't realize it was what you want. He just thought it was like, oh my god, it just shows me my family. Mm -hmm. So if he had gone down there for the first time, he wouldn't have known. So I understand why, but I also just like to, I know they're wizards and I know they have magic, but I just think the visual of Dumbledore hauling this heavy-ass mirror past Fluffy is really funny. Yep. So Dumbledore explains to Harry that the mirror shows you what you want most in the world. Yep. And tells Harry that he sees himself holding a pair of thick woolen socks. And Harry kind of, well, the narrator says that Harry's thinking that Dumbledore might not have been quite truthful. Which is so ominous. But we know he's not being truthful. We know he sees Grindelwald. Not in this book, we don't. Well, no, not in this book. I just mean, like, we, us. Oh, you and I. As people, oh, we know yeah. that he's not being truthful. Yeah, we know he, he's thinking about his gay bestie. His gay evil bestie. His gay evil bestie who wanted to kill a bunch of muggles. It's fine. <sighs> it's fine. And that is the end of chapter 12. And after that, we start off chapter 13, which is titled Nicholas Flamel. And Dumbledore tells Harry to stop looking for the mirror, and Harry's like, okay, fine. Um, but the Golden Trio is has not given up on Flamel. They're still researching in the library. Harry is still super busy with Quidditch practice, and he finds out that Snape is going to be refereeing the next game. And he's super nervous about it. They're like, why the hell is Snape refereeing this game? <laughs> um, so after that... They're hanging out with Neville for a little bit after he gets picked on by Malfoy, you know, the usual. Mm -hmm. And Neville gets a chocolate frog card. And he's like, oh, I got Dumbledore again. Does anyone want this? And Harry's like, oh, yeah, let me just read it again. And he reads it, and Mr. Flamel is mentioned in it. And they're like, oh, my God, this is where I know the name from. Which I was like, I don't know. I feel like he would have remembered. Like, I feel like you'd remember. Like, oh, yeah, I read that in my chocolate frog card. or maybe that's something that he would forget. I don't know. I feel like I would remember. Yeah, <laughs> I have this different. thought, too. I'm like, I feel like I would remember. But, you know, again. He's 11. <laughs> Harry's 11, and he's not observant. Yeah. He doesn't become more observant as he ages, either. That's true. He's kind of just aloof. So they end up finding out who Flamel is. He's Dumbledore's partner, the creator of the Sorcerer's Stone, which turns metal to gold and produces the elixir of everlasting life. Which, if I'm being honest, if a stone is going to do only two things, these are objectively the, the two best the things. The two best things that they could possibly do. Yeah. Also, if I were, fl- listen, I would want to be, I would want to live for a long time, but if I'm going to look old and crusty, like Flamel does. In the Fantastic Beast movie. In the Fantastic Beast movie, is it really worth it? Yeah. He's like a frail, like, 
That was a jump scare the first time he came on screen. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, no, it definitely, I feel like immortality is only worth it. If you're hot? Yes. Yeah. And even if you're not hot, to a certain point as well. Like, once you... Once you're still young. Yeah. Ish, I guess. Um, and so they have a big brain moment, and they think, oh my god, this is probably what Fluffy is hiding. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy! Who would have freaking thought? Um... And then the Quidditch match happens. Um, Harry is less nervous because he knows that Dumbledore's there. And he's like, all right, Dumbledore's not going to let anything happen to me. But he's like, just in case, I'm not going to take any chances. And so he catches the snitch in the first five minutes. What a king. Honestly. What a king. I also have a random note here that they, the narrator points out that Harry thinks, he gets the horrible feeling that Snape can read minds. Do we think that this is foreshadowing to the future when we figure out that Snape is actually well-versed in um, Occlumency and Legilimency? Legilimency, yeah. I honestly... It's such a big plot point in the fifth book Mm -hmm. that I feel like this is something she has to at least have had a note about. Yeah. Like, I kind of want Snape to be able to read minds. Like, maybe she didn't have it fully fleshed out, but I feel like this this definitely is something that could be a small hint. Yeah. Little hint to the future. Yeah. Snape can back read minds. I did like that. Um, so Dumbledore congratulates, um, Harry about winning and catching it so fast, and while he's talking to Dumbledore, he he catches Snape in the background going into the Forbidden Forest, and he's like, oh my god, Snape's being suspicious again. Gotta follow that lead. Mm -hmm. So he flies on his broom into the Forbidden Forest and spies on Snape and Quirrell who are in there, which, I'm not gonna lie, I straight up forgot this happens. Like, entirely, I never would have remembered, even in the slightest, that he flies on his broom and goes into the Forbidden Forest to spy on them. It's because, we'll talk about it later, but the scene is completely different in the movie. I Just besides that, though, because I, oh. I could still remember things, like the Midnight Duel, that's not in the movie, but I remembered that that was a thing in the books. I did not remember that this was a thing whatsoever. Yeah, okay. Completely forgot. But Snape is talking to Quirrell about the stone, and that's basically all that Harry really hears before he flies off, because he's like... I don't really want to get caught. Um, And so then he goes and he's like, all right, I got to tell Hermione and Ron what's up because these are my homies. So they go into like a little like secret room thing and he tells them and they're like, oh my God, we were right. It is the Sorcerer's Stone. And they force, they create their whole theory that Snape is trying to force Quirrell to help him get it, Um, which is again, wrong, (laughs) Um, but they're trying. So wrong. They're trying. Um, And then that's where the chapter ends. And we start chapter 14, which is called Norbert the Norwegian Ridgeback. So they go through their classes, blah, 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 and they finally see Hagrid. They go to visit him in the hut. What is it in Hagrid's fire? But a dragon egg. <laughs> which is so on brand so for him. So <laughs> sketch, dude. It's, and he didn't think it through either. He's, having dragons is illegal. What did he expect to do with the dragon when it grew up? People are going to see it. Yeah. He has to let it out of the house. He was drunk when he got it, though, wasn't he? I guess, yeah. He would. He was tipsy, for sure. Yeah. He so, was tipsy, for sure, because he gave up valuable information. We can blame it on that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And we find out that he did win it off of a stranger at a card game, which is the one thing that he's won most in his life. But he, you know, that's not suspicious at all. That no, this for stranger sure. He's just really good at... Had a dragon egg. Yep. And he's like, no, I've thought this through. I've read books, and I'm going to... Feed it a bucket of brandy mixed with chicken blood every half hour? 
Okay, sure. A meal. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, my dinner tonight. A meal. <laughs> the dragon is a Norwegian Ridgeback, and so now they're obviously have nothing to worry about. Because their friend Hagrid has an illegal dragon, has zero plan. Unfortunately, when they go back to see Hagrid and Norbert... Who's now hatching. Who is hatching. Malfoy sticks his head through the window, well, in the crack of the blinds, and sees the dragon, which is obviously bad news. I also wonder why Malfoy didn't say something right away. He was probably hoping to keep it for blackmail or something. Okay, because he didn't make a mention of it. And time passes, they're like, you should let him go, like, we need to do something, you can't keep him, now Now Malfoy knows he's going to tell someone, and Harry has actually a really good idea to contact Charlie, because Charlie's in Romania studying dragons, yep. and they're like, oh, this is a great idea, so they send him a letter using Hedwig, they're like, okay, but Hagrid also isn't sold by this idea, because Norbert was just born, and he's, he's like, oh, he knows his baby. mommy, yeah. Like, and Ron gets bit by Norbert. And they're like, oh, that's unfortunate. Except the next day it swells up and is, like, super painful. And they're like, okay, so maybe I should go to the hospital wing. Yep. And apparently Norbert is poisonous, which is just so unfortunate for Ron. I know. Again, rough for him. And this doesn't happen at all in the movie. No, it does But not. we will get to that. So they make... The plan to get rid of Norbert at midnight on Saturday because Charlie finally responded to the letter. And unfortunately, the letter from Charlie was in the book that Malfoy took of Ron's to go and taunt him about. So now Malfoy knows about the plan. So now they're in a bit of a pickle. They can't really change the plan. They have to get rid of Norbert. Yes. So they decide, they come up with this plan, they're going to use the invisibility cloak. The goodbye between Hagrid and Norbert makes me so sad because a dragon was the thing that he wanted most in the world. And when he says goodbye, he says, Mommy will never forget you. I know, he also said, I've packed his teddy bear in case he gets lonely, which is so (laughs) sweet and cute. Unfortunately for them, they do get the dragon off without anyone seeing Norbert, but Professor McGonagall does find them after finding and busting Malfoy. And McGonagall really does like, get mad this time. Yeah. In the past, I feel like she kind of breezes off what they do, but now she's, like, really pissed. Which sounds terrifying. I would hate to be on the receiving end on one of, of one of McGonagall's rats. Oh, true. And they left the cloak at the top of the tower. Yeah, right? I'm like, how, when did they go back to get how it? How did they leave... No, how did they leave it at the tower? I mean, yes, that too. How did they leave it? How do you forget something like that? That's really, really important. <laughs> I'm going to try to give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, they were riding the high of like, yeah, I worked, he came, they got the ra- dragon. But still, they're so stupid for no. that. No, yeah. So dumb. All right, so then we move on to chapter 15. Um, Filch takes them down to McGonagall's office, and she deducts 50 points from each of them, which Yikes. is quite a hefty load. Yikes. Quite a hefty load. And this, of course, the Hogwarts rumor mill is insane so everyone knows and harry is kind of like shunned and taken off of this quidditch pedestal that he's been put on and so harry takes that really seriously and he's like maybe i should just quit and he talks to wood about it and wood is like no are you fucking insane bro you gotta stay and harry's you lost like all these points the okay, least you fine. can do is play honestly and so he was like, okay, fine. So he stays. And then Harry's like, all right, but I'm not going to get into any more trouble. I'm done. And then once again, that goes flying out the window literally a week later. 
because they're trying to figure out um, what Snape is pressuring squirrel. Oh my god, my notes. <laughs> Autocorrect quarrel to squirrel. So every time I'm reading them, I have to like mentally remind myself Not to eliminate squirrel. the S. <laughs> Mr. Squirrel, <laughs> Mr. Squirrel. Um, but they're trying to figure out what Snape is pressuring quarrel <laughs> to do. And so Harry, Hermione, and Neville, who is there, not Ron, it's Neville. Neville, because Ron has been bitten by Norbert. <laughs> yes, he's, he's, he's got a boo-boo. So they're all told to report to Hagrid that night for their detention. Um, and Malfoy, of course, is there as well. And they're sent to the Forbidden Forest, which... For a forest that has forbidden in the name, it's really not that fucking forbidden if they're sending students there for detention. My note is, if the forest is so dangerous, why would they choose to send a group of first years there at night as a punishment? Who decided to do this? Not to mention that Hagrid also has them split up. Are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, you guys go this way. Fang will be fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Hogwarts is not as safe as they make it out to be. Um, Hagrid ends up pointing to some traces of unicorn on the ground, and he's like, this is what we're going to be doing for your detention. We're going to go in there and try to figure out what's been harming these animals. So they do split up, as we said. Harry and Hermione go with Hagrid, and Neville and Malfoy go... Wait. Did I get that wrong? The first... Am I thinking of the movie? The first time when they split up, um, they send Harry, Hermione... And Hagrid are together. Okay. And Malfoy, and Neville, and Neville, and Malfoy. and Fang are okay, together. Okay, that's what I had written down, but I think I'm thinking of the movie where I got... I messed myself they up. They also end up switching, though. That's because true. Because Malfoy scares Neville. He sends the red sparks into the air. Hagrid runs off, leaving Hermione and Harry just standing there. And then they re-split them up. They put Malfoy with Harry. Yes. And then Neville goes with Hermione and Hagrid because he's like, oh, sorry about this, but Malfoy can't scare you as easily or whatever. Yes. You're right. That makes sense. I completely did not write that down, and I confused myself. (laughs) But they split up into those groups. Everything that you just said happens. (laughs) And so when Harry and Malfoy are together, they end up coming across a mysterious cloaked figure who is drinking the blood of a unicorn that was like just killed um Malfoy and Fang run away so Harry is left alone but luckily a centaur named Ferenz rescues Harry and takes him back to Hagrid also is it Ferenz or is it Ferenzi I do not know I've always said Ferenz I'm gonna stick with Ferenz yeah I've also always said Ferenz I just wanted to get your opinion on it all right we'll stick with Ferenz they also meet other centaurs like right before that they meet Ronan and another one and they all just keep saying that Mars is bright. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, Mars is bright. They're like, is there anything weird in this woods? Uh, Mars is really bright tonight. What does that mean? What does it mean? Yeah, to this day, I have what no clue what does that it means. mean? Because you think that later on it would be like a full circle moment where they're like, oh, this is what they were interpreting from the stars or whatever, but no, Mars is bright. Call me Mars is really bright tonight. Thank you for that. Yep. Definitely is weird. The centaurs are on some. Weird astrological Some shit, but crack. I love that for them. Um, and so, Ferenz tells Harry also, or not Harry, when Ferenz tells Hagrid Mars is bright tonight, Hagrid just goes, we've heard. <laughs> that is really funny. They definitely talk about that shit a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but Harry ends up back with them. He's like, I'm fine. The unicorn's dead back there. Um, <laughs> unicorn's dead back there. It's fine. It's fine, though. It's, it's, it's back there. Um, Some ghost figured to try to kill me, it's fine. And then they end up finding out that that was Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to stay alive because drinking unicorn blood. 
will do that for you. And so Harry takes this information and he continues building this like plan theory in his head. And when they get back, he's telling Ron about it and Hermione's there and she's like kind of scared about it, but they're really set on this plan. Um, and actually here, also at the end of this chapter, they get the invisibility cloak back with a little note that says, just in case. Earlier I had mentioned, like, how'd they get it back? I forgot that this happened. They sent it back to him. Yeah, they sent it back to him. And that's where chapter 15 ends. And chapter 16, Through the Trap Door, which, of course, can't end well. Absolutely What a not. title. What a title. So they go through their exams. They've been studying, whatnot. They have this realization, they're like, oh, you know, the dragon egg was a plot to get info out of Hagrid about Fluffy. Which, of course, sends them into a tizzy, because, like, that was the last thing that they thought was holding Snape back, along with Quirrell's magic, but they thought that he got past Quirrell. The dog was the last thing, now he's gonna go after the stone. So they run on down to McGonagall. Well, they're trying to find Dumbledore, and McGonagall's like... Oh, yeah, they here. don't know where Dumbledore's office yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And McGonagall tells them that Dumbledore will return tomorrow because he has a thing at the ministry. My question is, right, there was obviously nothing at the ministry, which we find out. If, in fact, Dumbledore, a wizard man himself, is going to the ministry, obviously going to be using flu powder, he would get there instantaneously... Would he not find out that there's nothing and then come back right away? Why did it take him so long to get back from London? You're absolutely correct. He would have gone there. For plot reasons. Yes. He would have used the flu powder. He would have gone straight there. He would have walked in and been like, yo, I'm here for, like, the meeting or whatever. And they'd be like, Dumbledore? What <laughs> Albus, what are you doing here? And he'd be like, ah, oh, shit. Never mind. Bye. But no. He's there long enough for Take them a full to twenty-four hours. All that, all that time. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I agree. I don't think so. So she is like, "No, you're not. You're not going to do anything. You don't need to. You're children." And they're like, Pfft. "Which is so valid, but such a valid reasoning." And she's like, "What are you talking about? No, <laughs> like you, you should not do this." And the kids are like, "Oh, we're going to go anyway." Yeah, and Ron and Hermione. Also, they're like, you think we're going to let you go alone? Of course not. Like, we're going with you. Ride or dies, for real. They are ride or dies. And honestly, thank God that they decided to go, because Harry would not have made it through all of those without them. Like, imagine if Ron and Hermione were just like, you know what? Yeah, no, you got it. Like, Harry would not have made it through. (laughs) You know what? Have fun. You got it, King. Have fun. Thank God. (laughs) So the three of them have dinner, they're waiting in the common room, trying to be not suspicious, I guess. They get the cloak, and they're like, okay, now we're going to go to the trap door. Neville stops them, which, good for Neville for standing up to them, because they have been telling him this entire book that he needs to stand up for himself, like, assert himself. Yep. Be more confident. And now Neville's like, you shouldn't do this. And then and Hermione, backfires. Yes, <laughs> Hermione's like, oh, Petrificus Totalis, and like, lit... This poor boy. I know. I'm this telling you, short boy. end of the stick every time. So they're like, okay, bye, Neville. We're going to go, you know, almost kill ourselves now. So they sneak past Peeves by pretending that they're the Bloody Baron. They get to Which the was actually door. a really smart idea. Really I'm going to give Harry points for that because really that was. was genius. They get past Fluffy using the little flute that Hagrid had whittled him for Christmas. Christmas yes. Which was a cute little full circle moment. Yeah, yeah, I liked it too. 
So they hop down into the, what turned out to be Devil's Snare, which is really unfortunate for them. Although they're like, oh, this is great. Like a little like cushioning. And Hermione's like, would you guys stop moving? <laughs> she brings out the blue fire again, the same one that she used to light Snape, um, Snape's cloak on fire. Which she does not think of immediately. Which is oh. why this scene is so funny to me. Um, the point where she's like, oh my god, there's no wood, like, what are we gonna do? And then Ron's like, have you gone mad? Are you a witch or not? And then she thinks of the thing, which is A, hilarious, and B, such a good way to show Hermione's muggle-born heritage. Like, of course, she just found out she's a witch nine months ago. Of course, she's still not going to automatically think of magic to solve problems. I thought that was a really good scene that made me cackle. (laughs) She's like, where are we gonna get wood? We're under the school. It's so funny. She's like, oh yeah, I've been playing with this little blue flame. Might as well use that. Exactly. Then they move on to the room with all the flying keys. They're like, oh, I like how they run to the door. They kind of look past all the flying things. They're like, that's not important. Try to open it. This is when they try to use Alohomora and it doesn't work, so we do know that that is a thing that you can do. So, again, could have been used before. Mm. Could have been used mm. on the door protecting, protecting air quotes, the Holy mirror thing. of Erised. Um, they decide, oh, gotta get on those brooms, gotta catch the key. They get the key, they open the door, and the next room that they go into is the most violent game of chess to ever exist. Kudos to McGonagall for that one. Because no it was her room, right? Yes. Yeah. Kudos to her. That was kind of dope. Yeah, it was really good. It also, if anyone was trying to get through, would slow them down. They have to play an entire game of chess first. Exactly. You're right. So, Ron sacrifices himself. Um, But yeah, the line is a little different in here. But Mm -hmm. I do like the movie one better. (laughs) Yep. So, Ron sacrifices himself. So, when he gets knocked off this horse, right, he's been whacked in the face. I know that he said, just go on. But they don't even look back. They're like, okay. Okay. (laughs) They just run on. They're like, ah, he'll probably be fine. Mance was knocked off of, of a giant horse with a pole, and you guys are just like, okay. I on. understand the urgency to stop Snape, quote-unquote, from getting the stone, but, like, at least a look back. Is he breathing? <laughs> Let's check. Let's check. Yeah, right? No. They get to, obviously, they leave Ron behind, yes. unconscious, possibly dead, who knows, and they get to Snape's room, which has this super long riddle about the potions and the vials sitting on this table, which Hermione figures out. So quickly. So quickly. She goes to her. So smart. She girl bossed that. She finds out which one will take them forward, which one takes them back. Harry takes the one to go forward. Hermione goes back to get Ron and then go get Dumbledore, who, again, conveniently should have been back by now. Still, yeah. Should have been back by now. So he goes through and Hermione's left. He passes the troll who has already been knocked out and enters a room. Where it's not Snape, it's not Voldemort, it's, it's Squirrel. Else. It's Professor Squirrel. Okay, don't make fun of me. It's the autocorrect. I don't do it. But that's where chapter 17 begins with just straight up, it was Quirrell. Little cliffhanger at the end of mm-hmm. chapter 16. And Harry is, of course, shocked because he's had this entire theory that it was Snape. So he's very shocked that it is, in fact, not Snape. Um... And Professor Quirrell ends up kind of going over his entire evil plan, just giving Harry an overview, the classic evil person monologue that they do. A stutter? No. I was lying. Again, Oscar. Give him an Oscar. Who let the troll in? Me. Me. It was me, bitch. 
but yes and so he's giving him this whole thing and then he's like come here give me like tell me where the stone is um like look in the mirror tell me where it is and harry lies and he tells coral that he sees himself winning the house cup for gryffindor and voldemort is then like he's capping he's capping that's a direct quote (laughs) that's a direct yeah it's verbatim from the books and so then he's like let me see him face to face and Quirrell's like master are you sure and Voldemort's like yeah bitch let me see him and so he unveils he takes off his turban and Voldemort is revealed crazy on On the the back back of his head (laughs) so disgusting absolutely so so disgusting yes um and then Voldemort tries to recruit Harry He's like, just join me, King. We could do this. And Harry's like, absolutely fucking not. And Voldemort gets pissed, and he's like, seize him. Guess I'm gonna <laughs> murk you like I murked your parents. Exactly. Um, and so Quirrell tries to reach for him, but every time that he reaches for Harry, his hand feels like as if it's like burned and stuff. Um, and Harry ends up grabbing Quirrell's face, completely burns him. Voldemort's like still rooting for Quirrell. He's like, dude, kill him. And Quirrell's just like burning. He can't do it. Um, and Harry passes out. Before anything can truly be finalized, Harry passes out. Um, he wakes up, um, regaining consciousness, and Dumbledore is standing right over him. And Harry's like still like, oh my god, Dumbledore, Quirrell has the stone. And Dumbledore's like, bro, chill. We, we fixed that. You're good. We figured that one out. You're fine. And then Harry realizes, oh, I'm in the hospital wing. Okay, something, what happened? And Dumbledore, again, gives his little monologue. He's like, it's good. Um, we got rid of it. I talked to Nicholas Flamel, and we decided that it's best if we just destroy the stone entirely. Um, and he also explains to Harry that the reason why Coral couldn't touch him is because of Lily's love. Um, that she died trying to protect him, which is the first time that we hear about it Mm -hmm. in the entire series. And so Dumbledore, yeah, continues explaining how Harry was able to get the stone because Harry was the only one who wanted to find it just to find it, not to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, And he ends up getting out afterwards. He's going to the Great Hall for the end-of-year feast. He's rejoined Ron and Hermione. Ron's okay. He did not die in that chess game. He's doing okay. Um, not an important detail, but I would like to point out that they tell Harry um, that Gryffindor was steamrollered by Ravenclaw in the Quidditch game. Yes, I'm aware that Harry was unconscious and therefore they did not have a seeker. However, J.K. Rowling pays very little attention to us in the entire series, and I'm taking this as a win. As you absolutely should. Thank you. And on piggybacking off that note, ill. Why did I just say piggybacking? Oh my god, now we're on canvas, we're back in class. <laughs> piggybacking <laughs> off of this great idea. Ooh, anyways, um, based on, I'm trying to figure out how to word it now so it doesn't sound gross. Based on that, it's weird that Harry was literally unconscious and they were like, no, the Quidditch game is still going to happen. But in third year, when Malfoy hurts his arm, they're like, nope, we got to cancel it. They don't have their seeker. The Quidditch game, the yeah. Quidditch rules make no sense. Also, another reason that they could have postponed the Quidditch game is that, you know, one of their teachers just tried to steal something and for died. Voldemort and died. <laughs> yes. Nearly killed a student. Exactly. But they're like, nah, we'll just have Quidditch. Yeah. Also, not to mention... That in professional Quidditch, they have reserves and, like, substitutions in case something gets hurt. Why doesn't Hogwarts have reserves and substitutions? Why is it just the what? It's so dumb. Quidditch makes no sense. But anyways, <laughs> about moving on past that. 
Um, the dining hall is completely decorated in Slytherin colors um, to celebrate Slytherin's seventh consecutive win of the Championship Cup. Or so they thought. Listen, <laughs> Dumbledore is like, all right, guys, um, I got to speak. In light of recent events, I got to give out some more points, which, listen, fine, fine. They saved the school, whatever. But the amount of points that he gives them is uneven, and he does it on purpose to make sure Gryffindor wins, and it's bullshit, okay? But anyways, so he gives Ron and Hermione 50 points each, and then he gives Harry 60 points, which makes Gryffindor tied with Slytherin, right? He gave Harry the extra... Dramatic effect. Harry does... Okay, but Harry deserves some points. He's 11. He killed a teacher. That's... Okay, fine, fine. You're right, you're right. The points are deserved, but again. And then... He pulls the complete bullshit out of his ass. They're like, yo, we're going to give um, Neville 10 points for bravery. The trait of the house that he's in that is expected of him. What? And Gryffindor pulls ahead and they win the house cup. Fucking whatever. And you can say all you want that I'm pissed because I'm a Slytherin and we should have won. But you you cannot tell me that if the same shit happened with Ravenclaw, you wouldn't be upset. I would. And here's the thing. She never gives us anything. Ravenclaws, you're telling me that they're, they're, they're smart, they're studying, they're going to be getting points. We would not be losing points. Why are we not in the running? How have we not beat Slytherin? No, I... We haven't beat those little assholes? As a Slytherin, I fully agree it's ridiculous that Ravenclaw has not won. Like, you guys must be getting a shit ton of 5 points, 10 points for answering shit in class. Like, there's no way you yeah. guys aren't. They leaving. have got to be great students, and yet we get shit on. By J.K. Rowling. Honestly. She's like, no, they're not important. Come on, dude. Why do you create four houses if two of them are going to be completely irrelevant? Yeah, and then you're going to make the third one completely shit on it constantly. That's the evil house. And then just bring up, like, the one house. Only Gryffindors are worth it, apparently. It's not fair whatsoever. But... After that, we move forward. Um, their exam results come back. They've all done really well. Mm-hmm. Hermione's at the top of the class as usual, which again, also really nice of Voldemort to wait till the end of the year to attack. Let Harry have his education, and then we'll go. (laughs) He said first, books. Yeah, you gotta study Harry. Priorities. (laughs) Um, And then they're packing, they're getting ready to go home. Um, Hagrid ends up giving Harry a book um, of pictures that he's like, I got them from like friends of your parents, which looking at it, they're probably from Remus. Because Remus is the only one left alive and not in jail, like Sirius, or hiding like Peter. Yeah. So they're probably from Remus. Probably from Remus, and then maybe a few of the other, like, supporting Marauders I know Mary McDonald was still alive. So... But Remus and Mary are the only Marauders-era characters still alive at this point. They're the only two. But Remus (sighs) was probably the one with all the pictures. And I just also, I picture... Remus looking for these pictures to give to Hagrid because he was like I, I want to give them to Harry and he's probably trying to find pictures without Sirius because at this point he still thinks Sirius is the traitor so he's like I don't want to give Harry pictures of his parents with the man that betrayed them right mm-hmm. but Sirius and James best friends attached at the hip so it was probably really difficult to find pictures without Sirius and them and just this is just me making myself sad um yeah. <laughs> But you're just imagining Remus crying, flipping through old photos and being like, there's my friend that killed my other friends. Um, my boyfriend, ex-boyfriend that killed my friends. Let's get that straight. History will say that they were roommates. <laughs> Anything they were best friends. Um, 
And yeah, and then Harry, Ron, and Hermione say their goodbyes for the summer, and Harry is very excited to um, tease Dudley with magic. Even though he's not really allowed to use it, they don't know that. So he's very excited to have some fun with that over the summer. And that is officially the end of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yay! We did it! Claps. Honestly, it's a good introductory book. Mm-hmm. I think she did a really good job It's the perfect with it. kids book, really. Yeah, I agree. There's a little bit of mystery, but not nothing too complicated. It's lighthearted. You have some great scenes. Um, overall, it's the most wholesome book of the series, and it's the first one. It's the youngest yeah. one, so. Yeah, I agree. Um, this week for the jokes, I'll go first. Oh, this is I know. <laughs> mine isn't necessarily funny, but I thought it was very fitting for this half of the book, especially for the conversation that we literally just had, so. Okay. Why did Ravenclaw never win a house cup? Why? Because it wasn't Gryffindor. <laughs> That's it. But you're right. It's so true, you're though. right. Because Ravenclaw should have won. They simply didn't because they weren't Gryffindor. Yes. I agree. Same with Slytherin. All right, mine actually is a joke. It's a little play on oh, words. Oh, okay, okay. Um, what language mm-hmm. do mail truck drivers speak? Do mail truck drivers speak? Yeah, like speak? the people who deliver your mail. Oh. Um, oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. It's parcel tongue, but it's followed with the C. Yes, yeah, you're right. Yes. You got it. Parcel oh. tongue. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You got that one. Thank you. Look at you. Pat on the back. It's the inner Ravenclaw me, and I should have won the house cup. Thank you. Good night. Ten points. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> great. Well, that is all that we have for you this week. Thank you for listening, and tune in in two weeks for our next episode. We will be discussing the comparisons between the book and the movie. And also, don't forget to follow us on our socials. Our Instagram is at SlitherClawReview, and our Twitter is at SlitherClawRev. Until Until next time. time!